1: Yeah. expect killings, red spilling and flesh ripping, impressive in it. The death bring his head spinning. Just kidding, every word in his songs about two grown men dressed up as a bird and a
0: dog. Yo. Hey baby, what you listening to? What's going through your ear holes?
1: Yes, oh my gosh. Can you believe it? Can you believe it?
0: We're back. Mate, look at you. It's it's the summer time, so I need to be honest from the outset and say. During the month of August, we will be going down to one episode a week, right? Yeah,
1: summer break, summer vacation. And summer some, break, some yeah. people yeah. some
0: people would go, do you know what? Let's rest the podcast. All we're resting
1: is the bonus episodes. So let's Mate, be honest.
0: You, it's hard for me to get past the fact you look so fucking drippy this morning, my G. <laughs> you look lit. <laughs> you genuinely look right. This is how you do This is, the, I say this, but as much honesty as I have in my soul and in my peak, right? Yeah. You look like you've just fucking spent the whole night laying down an album that is going to change a genre Listen, of music.
1: Let me, let me tell you something. Let me tell you something. About about 4 a.m., we put yeah. down... I, I thought we were, we were done with the session, right? I thought we were done with the session. We put down a track, right? I know people say, game changer. Let me lay this on you. Game smasher. As in... Wow. yeah, As in, they're going to have to pick up pieces of the game and put the game back together like a jigsaw puzzle after the track that we just put down. It's it's a bit house, it's a, it's a bit drum and bass, it's a bit early dubstep, <laughs> but with a wicked vocal over the top of it. I think you're going to love it. There's
0: a little old man uh, with a broom who's just walked into the studio <laughs> and gone, oh my God, they've, they've smashed the game. <laughs> the game is smashed. This is going to take me hours to clean up. Just you, Nelly and James Arthur <laughs> just sitting there with big cigars. <laughs> back
1: on Hennessy. <laughs> um, I wrote a lyric. I wrote a lyric last night, and honestly, I said to the guys, "I need to take the rest of the week off, man." Do you know what I mean? Because it was on that. It was on that level. This, this... It was on that level, though. Yeah. Have you ever written lyrics down? You know, like I used to write. <laughs> I used oh, to. Mate, I, I used, yeah, to, gonna, I used to write. Yeah. I used to write a lot of raps. A lot of raps like i had i used to carry a notebook like I, I make notes all the time for stand-up now i look at me pretending yeah. like i've got a discipline all the time occasionally when i remember i write notes for stand-up um and i would put them on my phone now this is fucking like I, I i put notes on my phone for stand-up and i've got no idea what the fuck they mean like let me have a look oh if, man i've got
0: loads of those like you know uh, back in the 90s man you know when was big yeah me and uh, my friend Rob Johnson, right? We basically, neither of us could play the instruments, but we were obsessed with that Blur, Oasis, Wreath, um, all those vibes, yeah?
1: Yeah.
0: Um, cast, uh, cast Away <laughs> and all that sort of cast, sorry. And all that. So we basically started trying to write uh, sort of songs. And uh, my dad was clearing out a, a loft not so long ago and found the book yeah. of songs. And I've never felt embarrassment like. Uh, scrolling through these these songs, at the time I thought I write an Imagine by John Lennon, and now it, it re- they read like S Club Seven vibes. <laughs> They're so fucking really bad. Really like you know you read them, yeah. and a little bit of you goes, oh that's why no one was interested in me. Like <laughs> I I, mean, I wrote a song when I was a teenager, and
1: like you know I I think I'd read something about um about writing what you know. Yeah. And I I didn't even know yeah, this because yeah. I wasn't I didn't have a driving license. I wrote a song called Drive, right? And it was it was <laughs> Right. And it was like so so it was like a bit like um you know summertime that Will Smith song where he's like talking about cruising. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah, about yeah. a bit like that, do you know what I mean? But um and then the chorus goes I can remember the chorus. <laughs> the chorus goes drive 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 drive. So quite simplistic. And then it goes, <laughs> <laughs> and then it goes, nothing better to keep you alive. Ignoring the fact that the roads are probably the biggest killer, statistically.
0: Mate, more killer, the biggest killer in, in, the, in the country, in the world, the roads. Yeah. Um,
1: listen, I've got, I've got something things. insane to tell you now. Um, on, absolutely insane. Do you remember we were talking about Mickey drips last, last episode? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we've had a load of emails in about how to stop Mickey drips,
0: right? Oh, man, I've... Yeah, because of King Gary coming out, yeah. a lot of people have right. binged up to episode yeah, five. Yeah. And well, kind of, oh, by the way, yeah, before yeah, we yeah, get so...
1: into Mickey Drip, sorry, this is so fucking rude of me. Congratulations on King Gary, bro. I, I've been getting... Great, congratulations getting, to you. No, but I've been getting loads of messages incredible. about... Well, I, I'll be honest with you. I've been getting tagged in loads of messages complimenting you on King Gary. Uh, but it has been absolutely amazing, man. You, you Like, how... We were talking about this on the night that it went out. How... How much were you because you were on holiday, weren't you? When it would the night without, yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. how
1: much were you shitting yourself
0: that night? Anxiety, you know what? I tried to keep a lid on it. I did like through the whole week, I did quite a lot of meditation and tried to really chill and and, and just not think about work or anything. And then uh, Friday came around and that all just went to pot. You're you, and also because it's a two hour time difference in Crete, right? So you're basically sitting there at like what is like 11.30 at night. Um, and we've been to a Greek night that night which was which was incredible mm-hmm. um it's such a weird thing isn't it because i think in what we do for a living and what, what we do with this and everything. you just uh i think it, it's a real leveler and, and, and like i was talking to my wife about this about criticism and how i know that everyone says all constructive criticism blah 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 and all that but criticism is such a fucking needless thing or any kind of like you know, like when I was out in Crete, if I had a bad meal, I didn't criticise it or fucking ever go at the waiter no, you'd, or anything. You throw over, over the wall, would not you? Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> but I wouldn't say it to someone's face. Sure, I wouldn't sure. want to hurt someone's feelings. Sure. What you realise is that there's a there's a and, and you know, from the stuff I've read, I don't I don't get too involved in social media. If something at, is at me, I'm, I'll read it. But but so I think critics, is just in general, is such a. I think if you're going to spread something, spread positively. Do you know what I mean? That's what I try and do in my life. Sometimes, you know, obviously, like anyone, I'm not a fucking, I'm not a monk. I, you know, sometimes things fucking trip me up, and I get have a little bit of a dig. Um, but I mean, monks, yeah, like, monks you know, monks
1: don't really spread. I mean, they're very quiet, aren't they? By nature,
0: no, very positive though. That mm. that silence is a, almost the most positive thing of all, right? I'm sure. You know, do, do you think monks speak in brains? Sorry. Like Do you monks think monks speak, speak in like, brains? The way you said that no, is no, that no. there's
1: a language called brains. No,
0: but you know, like from brain to brain.
1: Telepathically?
0: Like, yeah. Right. Do you think that's how they communicate? No, I don't. I, I like the thought, right, that they're all sitting there and they've got to such a high place with their minds, right, that they can telepathically, they'll be sitting there and they'll be like, I don't know, because they don't have TVs and stuff. Uh, I don't even have they have books, but they'll just be sitting there in the silence. And then they're like, oh, what, you know, hey, what you know, telepathically, John, what's for lunch? Mm. And it's like, oh, Mick, uh, I think we're having, I think it's actually, you know, like boiled rice and cabbage night or whatever. Yeah. I mean, what I'm <laughs> getting what I'm getting from that is they eat some real shit. <laughs> yeah. And then, and then David comes walking in the room yeah. and like, telepathically, like, oh, no, it's David. Oh, fuck, he does my head in. And David comes in, because you can't give anyone a silent treatment in silence. And then David comes in and goes, boiled cabbage and rice night tonight, eh? And they're like, there's nothing telepathically coming back to David. And then is David thinking, are they ignoring me? Or is he thinking they're working on a different frequency? Mm.
1: You, somebody's pitched. So, have you pitched this as a sitcom? <laughs> I just think it's interesting. Yeah, it is interesting. I, like, it is interesting. I don't think, listen, my my suspicion is, but you might be right, Tom, as you frequently are on these things. When I, when I believe you to be at your shittest. Uh, we get an email saying that actually there's some fact to what you're what you're speculating on. I, I would sort of think that they um they like they get to a point where there's like little visual cues. Do you know what I mean? Where they're so attuned to to each other in silence. Do you know what I mean? That they can sort of you know even the raise of an eyebrow. He knows that means. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. I, I feel like, chicken, well, like I feel like, like chicken like The
0: tiniest. Yeah, but then imagine misreading the situation. Sure. Like just by and it's just on just to twitch. I've bad. Like. Yeah, I, I sometimes think about monks, like, do they just go into a room on their own and just go, Oh fucking hell. It's just so hard work. Why did I sign up for this? <laughs> um,
1: it does feel like hard work. Did you do you ever watch that episode of Partridge where he went to 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 stay with no. him? Oh, it was, it's was funny, man. It's funny. I I, I, I respect we well, we talked about this before, but I really um I like faith as a thing. Do
0: you know what I mean? It's yeah it's yeah, really yeah. um I do.
1: Do you, do you reckon we could be monks? What uh, do you think would hold us back from being monks? I
0: think if I was going to be a monk with anyone, I could be a monk with you because I think we we are now on a level where we could probably communicate. Just me with, silently without.
1: gesturing to you. You had to go and fucking bring it up, bring the, put the idea in my head. at Wolf for now, didn't you? And now we've done it. And look
0: at us—we're stuck in a monastery. <laughs> I'd I'd, I'd do all that lovely. with my eyebrows. <laughs> you have very, very like readable eyebrows. I I try and communicate solely with my nose. Little, is, um, little monkey cat. <laughs> or cat, catty um, monk. I, I can't if, which one. If we could have any uh guest on this sh- uh on this show, you know what I'd have? What? An ex-monk? An ex-monk.
1: Tom, sometimes like like if I if I'd have asked you this last week, you wouldn't have said that. So let me just explain to you what you need to say. What you need to say is, at the moment, I feel like we could we should have an ex-monk on the podcast. But you've said it like i just want you have to fucking preface it by going if we could have any guest in the world do you know why is an ex-monk no that's literally something that's popped into your head in the last 40 seconds i would love one though it would
0: be an amazing thing wouldn't it
1: just to, what would you like, okay let, let, let's uh let's uh workshop this what questions would you ask
0: firstly i'd say what made you think about becoming a monk
1: good it's a good opener uh
0: Secondly, I would be like, "How are your brethren? Are you still in contact with them, uh, or your flock?" Um, uh, would you what do, the, would you do thing the thing, the thing where you ask
1: a question and then start looking at your phone immediately as, a, as the monks
0: talking? <laughs> <laughs> no, oh no, I'd be like genuinely enthralled about it. Like, do you miss the monk the habit that you used to? What's it called? The thing that they wear, monk's habit, is it?
1: No, that's a nun thing, isn't it? isn't it? Cassock.
0: Oh yeah, do you miss your cassock? <laughs> um, do you still have your sandals? <laughs> What's the three best things about being a monk, and the three worst okay. things about being all a right. monk? Okay, all right, okay. And then, do you actually drink mead?
1: Are there? I think you'll find a question: but Are there any stereotypes that I've missed? <laughs> do you, do you prefer it now. You can grow your hair. <laughs> I bet. I bet after you've been a, uh, if you've
0: left the monkery, um, so it's called, no, a Monkery, it's not. It's not. <laughs> <laughs> no, you know what? It's taking you like 50 episodes to get a word wrong. But fuck me, you did it in class. <laughs> a monkery. <laughs> Just go to and see the chief monk again. You all right, yeah. Keith? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, look, if I'm going to be honest with you, I'm done with the monkery. Uh, you want to leave? Here, the- Sorry. <laughs> You're saying you want to leave the monkery? Uh, yeah, I've had it up to here with the monkery. It's it's all the monkey business, if I'm <laughs> honest with you. <laughs> <laughs> no yeah monkeying around isn't really oh, doing it no, right. no, <laughs> monkeying around oh, alright Keith yeah no no I get it well thanks Sean uh, well hopefully I'll see you around the same we'll just leave your sandals in your cassock yep yep yeah. <laughs> is it right if I get a change is right if I get
1: a change of clothes first <laughs> <laughs> anyway that's great all that monk stuff but the reason the reason we started on this little conversational thing Mickey Drip yeah right so we got i got an email or got more we got more than one email i say i look at me fucking mask has slipped not it we got we got an email a number of emails yeah telling me telling us oh god telling us how to stop mickey drips and yeah have you been i see have you received this message
0: as well i've had a couple i've had like some yeah the one that i was like oh my god that's that's uh that's a fucking mad thing what which is that have you have you had the squeeze in your perineum? Yes, hand? that's that's
1: what I'm about to tell you, right? So, yeah, yeah, yeah. is that you you take your finger? Uh, the one okay, we'll talk about this, but you take your finger and you sort of push you push upwards and forwards against the back of your ball bag, right? And apparently there's yeah. some little kind of little like a button. There's a look. Like <laughs> <yeah. laughs> Yeah, and uh, basically, you press that, and then after you jeers you'll you find that, no, no um, it's like a little bit of piss, and th- that's the bit that's coming out afterwards. So, um, uh, look, I'm going to tell you now, I've tried it.
0: Is it have you? Yeah. Did
1: it work? A hundred percent. It worked. hundred percent effectiveness rate. That's the plus. That's the positive of this story. The negative of this story is I don't know how you do that at urinal.
0: Yeah, yeah. No, no, you have to, you've got to become a cubicle yeah, guy. Right? You, you have to.
1: You've got you have to, become... to because... No, but some you dragging your finger up the underside of your, of your fucking gooch. So kind <laughs> little, little. Oh. Yeah,
0: that's got oh, it. That's, that's got it. No, just getting rid of the little piss reservoir behind my ball bag. <laughs> Isn't it funny? Like whoever created like man or you know, humans is that someone basically put a little button or a lever behind your ball bag to do that thing to yeah. so, you know. But it's like you know, like when you've got a key on your laptop or a, like something on your phone. Yeah. it's like, like it's where like you a haven't little, used it. It's like, a little, like Steve Jobs invented saying on on your phone, and you go, "Oh shit! Oh, that makes it a lot easier to use." <laughs> <laughs> like, that's what a pyramid Yeah, it's like a
1: little, it's like a little DVD Easter egg. You know, you have to look for it. But <laughs> when you find it, for the for the real fans of the human body, it's a real treat. <laughs> yeah. Who found that as well? <laughs> I know. Well, there must have been, I guess. I guess. I imagine it's a guy like. I mean, listen, we're Scientist. we're we're a human race that discovered that cow's milk is a thing. Do you know what I mean, that you want to drink, and yeah. but like, I, I I think you know somebody was sat there or stood after a piss and just thinking, like, okay, what? Well, how do I stop these dribbles? And just messing around. I don't know how you isolated yeah. to that one thing because I've done I've done the thing where I've I've shaken and shaken and shaken to the point where I've squeezed and yeah, shaken. I've done a lot of that, just like absolutely punishing the 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 helmet to try and like yeah squeeze every last
0: bit out in a vain hope that i'm not going to ruin my shorts
1: on holiday <laughs>
0: the, what i like is that's just a really like either a very desperate or very intelligent man who's just gone you know what if i just mess around it's around on the road of a car
1: to see what's wrong with it and I, I, and i'd, like, go, to, oh, I'd no. like to think this guy's just sort of made that his goal you know how you're supposed to you give yourself an objective and you try and solve it then every, yeah, and then yeah. every day, he just sort of said to his other half, I'm just off to the toilet again. I'll be about 45 minutes to an hour. I, I need to figure this out.
0: <laughs> I keep picturing Doc Brown from yeah. it, it He does it, does it
1: every time he goes to a restaurant. His wife just explains <laughs> to the other couple they've gone with, no, sorry, it's just, um, it's a thing. He's, yeah, honestly, yeah, yeah. once he's cracked this, he says he can really, he can really help people really out. He's really working on a cure for Mickey Drips. Yeah, yeah. He, it. <laughs> what he's going to do is he's going to find the cure for Mickey Drips. And then what he's going to do after that is distribute the information really poorly. So that, it, so that it, not it, everyone will know. Still, even after he's found it, this, it'd guy. be great
0: if you could, yeah. If you could name it after it, called like the Duncan button or
1: something. He <laughs> yeah, names it after his wife for all the the struggle she's gone through. Yeah, this is the. You, no, what you have to do is you have to push on the Matilda. Oh, you, honestly, you don't. You, you don't have to do this stuff. Honestly, you don't. No, honestly, my love, I want to do this. It's a dedication to you, and so that little bit in the perineum that releases the last bit of piss after you think you're finished. It's going to be called the Matilda. My, Happy anniversary. Made my last, I've made my last work after you. <laughs>
0: um, anyway, how was, how was your holiday? Was it good? Well, it was amazing. It was lovely. To get you. I, I'm going to talk about a couple of little faux pas I made. In, in. My first thing I did that was wrong is uh, I went away and I thought, I want to look like pool and beach ready. I want to be like fucking, I want to be gone. I want to look, I want to feel good about myself. So I had a little, uh, little shave of the old back, uh, and then I decided, to, I decided to shave my ass. Right. Right. Uh,
1: what, was, what was the, what was the, what was the thinking behind that?
0: I just thought, you know what, it was one I was things. You know, like it's that famous thing when you start shaving, you sort of become addictive to just get rid of hair. Sure. Right. Have you ever done that? Have you ever
1: no. shaved your ass? I, no, I, I shaved my my ass. Yeah. No, I've shaved my balls. I never shaved my ass. Right. So don't. It's <laughs> right. I, I shaved my <laughs> ass uh, before he, we go away. Right. Did, Okay, please talk me through I I'd i li- I'd like to know as much detail as possible about the actual when this
0: happened and how much of it. This used. is before we went. Okay. I'm like, I wanna I wanna basically be in if 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 there comes a time where I wanna leap into the sea naked, I wanna know that my ass isn't fucking hairy. And and but I, I look like a man who's got a hairy ass. Um but I, I sort of thought I you know, I I just I, look, I just wanna sort of feel nice about myself. Mm-hmm. So I fucking shave it and the worst, number one, the worst thing of doing, right, is I don't have hair, right, so I'm not accustomed to sort of fades or whatever. Uh, trying to fade your fucking, the fact you shaved your ass in and then trying to fade in the fact you've got really hairy legs is it's an absolute clusterfuck. Because what it does is it, look like you, it makes you it look, right, like you're wearing like you're wearing a fake pair of, like a bum-coloured pair of pants, right? So you try and fade it in. Like with a gradual fade. Yeah. yeah. Go through the fucking going through the different lengths of razor. Um You trying to do a skin <laughs> fade below your ass yeah. cheek.
1: It's incredible.
0: Yeah, like like literally you have your ass cheek and then you've got like a fucking 0.5, point five, one, two, and then you are just full hair, right? So I start to do it anyway. I fucking I get it I get it looking okay. I I think this is possible. Yeah. What I don't fucking consider wrong is the pool that we had in our hotel was a salt water pool, right? Uh, and uh, you know, like the little bits that you get inside the swimming trunks, those little net yeah, bits. Yeah. When salt water gets in there, even if you have a shower and you wash after, it can, it can become quite itchy at the best of yeah. times. I spent the first three days of my fucking holiday with my wife, who I tried to sort of like feel like really attractive, like thinking, yeah, I'll, I'll shave up and I'll fucking look good. Yeah. I first spent the first three days as a forty-two-year-old man with nappy rash, like, <laughs> like <laughs> I was in such like fucking like mad a- agony. Like, like in the end, I was fucking. We had a pool in our in our villa. we in. I ended up having to sort of like try and fucking get some sun to my bum to get like dry it. Out.
1: Dry, dry it out.
0: It out. <laughs> No, it was so like a fucking, fucking old tall. fish you've caught. <laughs> I to go to a chemist and ask for fucking nappy cream,
1: right? Well, did you tell Catherine Just... you were going to shave your ass first of all? Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. yeah and what did yeah. she? What was her response to that? I mean, she, she, like it is with most of the things. It's like, oh right, okay, right, all right. I don't know why you're doing this. <laughs> that's exactly, that's <laughs> maybe, exactly. Maybe instead of shaving your ass. Maybe you showed you your ass you shouldn't have had that fourth of Claire that you had last night. <laughs> That's what Lisa's like today. I'm thinking about I'm thinking about doing this
1: to look better. Why don't you just eat and exercise like a normal human? <laughs> <laughs> you're worried about you're worried about body image and you want to do something, just
0: stop eating. All right? You just step on a fucking treadmill. <laughs> fucking losing a fucking whatever it is just for the fucking hair on my hair mass of you, my body did you go right into the crack I oh, fuck mate i don't delve around down there i have done that once no i was gonna I've, say I've because
1: I've, I've heard yeah because i've heard that
0: that's a real problem yeah if you if you start shaving yeah, up yeah. in and around the anus yeah yeah you've got to be really careful because actually that those hairs actually have a quite an important job of self cleaning your bum at times. No, I don't want to. I don't, I, I, no, no, but they they have a, you know cleg nuts and all that sort of stuff. And if they're not to catch them, your skid marks become. That's why people have really, really bad skid skid marks. <laughs> you no, know, if you want to find someone who's shaved their up like they're between their bum cheeks, like look, I think this might be, at, I think this might be speculation. No, look in the back of their <laughs> pants. <laughs> then, then yeah, that's right. the
1: best way. Yeah, don't ask them. By the way, <laughs> <laughs> just go straight in. <laughs> <laughs> um,
0: you had a good time. It, it was nice. Yeah.
1: What was the other? Th- what was the other thing?
0: I I, I I got badly burnt as well, really badly. stupidly like I I, I catch the sun nice uh, and I catch the sun nice. <laughs> I catch it nice, baby. Um, but we went on a boat trip uh, and uh, I was swimming in the sea after you know my bummer cleared up and um, they I, I I stupidly didn't put enough on and then I was sitting like that trying to be cool in the back of the boat burnt under my armpits. Which is the under your armpit. Yeah. The, was that reflecting off a surface underneath? Yeah, it must have been the white of the boat. But yeah. Oh man. Shout out to I don't, I don't doubt he listens to this podcast because he doesn't speak much English and he's from Crete. But um, shout out to Costas the boatman. He was amazing. He was just an incredible guy. He brought this.
1: Is, this is such a. This is you're such a fucking textbook holiday maker, which is where <laughs> I'm listening. I'm sure Costas is a real nice guy. You're one of. What thousands of people he sees every summer, and for some reason you've come back thinking you made a real fucking connection with right, him. I feel like that with him. You had a bit of a chat, and, and he walked away. And he said, to I bet you know what? I bet you're on the first person that actually sort of referred to him by his name." I just think you need to treat these people like humans, you know,
0: like a guy that thinks that he's fallen in love with a stripper after a stag do. Happens, my friend. <laughs> he, <laughs> he, we all went out to Riga, and uh he fell in love with a stripper, and actually. Uh, brought, yeah. You know, he was single at the time, and he was uh, having a bit of a. I won't name this guy. Having a bit of a tough time and stuff, and um, mm.
1: he. Well done for the restraint you've just shown. Yeah, no, no. no I was just literally. i I'm actually impressed. His
0: name was on the tip of my tongue. I've not done it. <laughs> um, and uh, we went, like, we went to Riga for a mate stag do, and uh, he was like, "Oh man, you know this girl is amazing." You know, da da da. And then at the wedding, he turned up with the said stripper, and like he. Like oh my god! Yeah, paid for her to come and live with him, and yeah, yeah, it didn't last for long. Fuck off! Yeah, 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 it didn't last for yeah, because sort of yeah, <laughs> she she realised what a loser he was and moved up into <laughs> London. But um, but. Uh, <laughs> oh god. Oh god. <laughs> <laughs> Have you ever been to Latvia, like Riga? And no, no. So. Their, their gift of, like, what they give to you is but they're obsessed with potatoes. Like, when you're out in the street and stuff, like, people okay. just come over and will give you a potato and you give them a bit of money for it. But it's really, like, an amazing, like, thing. What
1: the fuck are you talking about? They'll, they'll
0: walk over to you and then, like, hold you a potato, and sort of pass it to you, and then, yeah. And then sort of, like, you, you know, either take it as a gift or you can give them a little bit of money for it.
1: Well, and how how frequently did that happen? In,
0: I, I probably had about eight, nine potatoes. In, and I was there for three days. As, as, as you come walking hello, mate. <laughs> We've hit the fucking jackpot. Get the sack. <laughs> I, I felt bad as well because it didn't take the home with me. But because you're not allowed to, are you? No, you're not.
1: Did you actually buy the potatoes? That's what I'm saying. Like, like, no, no, You're the type of bloke. You're the type of bloke that will just at the kindest. Do you know what? I don't even want a potato. I don't like a potato. I don't feel like a potato. But you're a sweet, sweet soul. And I just respect what you're doing. Yeah, Keep but my, on the my thing
0: was, there's no way I could do anything with this potato. I can't eat it. Even an onion, you can eat like an apple, but potato, you can't because it's poisonous, right? I would fucking love it
1: <laughs> if somebody sold you an onion and just to show them how much you liked it, you just started eating it like a fucking apple in front of them.
0: I I do, I frequently, like when we're on holiday, if someone turns around and says this is our speciality dish, even if in my head I've had like all day what I want to eat, I'll, I'll end up going with the speciality dish and, you know. Catherine's like, why didn't you just have this thing? The thing that you talk... Say, for all day, I'm talking about... Oh, I'm going to have, like, a lamb gyro. I'm going to have, like, a lamb kebab thing. That's all I'm obsessed yeah. with. And then I get there in the evening, and someone goes, oh, we've got some monkfish. It's our speciality. I'll go, oh, I'll have that then. And then sit there eating it, looking at someone on the other table with a lamb gyro, thinking, I should have fucking had that.
1: But do you know why that is? It's because you're a nice man. Yeah. It's because you've got a lovely heart... And somebody offers you a speciality dish, and you feel like they've put a bit of extra effort in. That's a speciality. I don't want I don't want the speciality to go away. and you order it. It's just, it's like a lovely thing yeah, about you.
0: Yeah. And then I, I I sit there eating it, disappointed, but faint yeah, the I mean, you a fucking mug. Enjoying, enjoying yeah. every bite of it. Yeah, and, yeah. What we need to do, and I'm sure you'll feel the same. If you know the people? What foreign waiters and waitresses? I need to give them a massive shout out, man. I watch these every people, single, every single one. But they're a credit Go to humanity, because actually, you know what? They speak, so they speak four or five different languages, right? Mm-hmm. Effortlessly, they can deal with all manner of different people. They can use yeah. every phone to take a picture with. Like, I sit and watch them, and I think, fucking hell, you know, if everyone was like you guys, this would, maybe the world would be a better place. And they tirelessly work. They can't do enough for you. Handshakes. They remember everyone's name. Mm.
1: A big shout out to the to the hardworking foreigners.
0: No, no, Thank just so no, the waiters and waitresses. All oh, right. Have you been out since you've been in Portugal? Uh, yeah, we went out last night. Because Portugal is like the place to be this, for this month, isn't it? Is it? Yeah, 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 yeah. It's very much the place to be.
1: Well, look, I, I, I want to know what bit it is you're doing. So <laughs> we haven't even told people I'm on holiday. You're right? in Portugal. So in Portugal is
0: very good, actually. He's been very, very sweet. It's a, you know. It's a fucking blessing to his character that he's on holiday and he's still recording this podcast. That's why we love Rom's shout-out, the hour shout-out of when he rides inside it. Um, fuck. <laughs> but, but, no, you know, I've seen, I, you see pictures of people out there. I think Amanda Holden's out there, Holly's out there, Holly Willoughby's out there. It's quite, you know, at the deck. Quite a lot of footballers are out there. Oh, yeah, I saw the other day, you should try and find out where Carl Walker and everyone's staying because they've done, um, they've been doing like this kick-up challenge, like um, air tennis. Games of football, tennis. What, what do you think? What, what do What do you think? I should be there to hand out drinks. <laughs> no, it'd be quite cool if you turned out and had a laugh with him. Like that could be quite a laugh, like a funny thing for yeah, a little story to tell. Oh, you.
1: that'd be a good thing for the old socials. Yeah, <laughs> uh, get that on the gram. <laughs>
0: Up with
1: your three
0: boys and absolutely disappointing them. Go on, Dad. The game of a kick up oh, challenge. God. Do you know what? Do you know what? Even
1: saying that as a joke. I just sort of the look on my boys' faces. <laughs> I, I did a thing last night. We we're at this restaurant. <laughs> we we're at this restaurant, and they had like this mu- musical entertainment. Musical entertainment. They had a musician, like a singer. Fucking. hell. I don't know why I'm talking like this today. Is it a, a singer? Was right? it Portuguese? Authentic
0: Portuguese, or was he like
1: doing English? No, or... they were doing like Frank Sinatra and oh, right, Robbie yeah, yeah. Williams and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, and um, at one point they said, oh kids, oh, kids, kids, you want to come down and dance? And it's very difficult when you've got boys at the ages that we've got because something that they thought was cool to do two weeks ago, yeah, they now think is absolutely cringy and awful, right? So the last time we went to Portugal, which is obviously pre-COVID whenever, they would go down and dance, right? And then I said to them, do you want to go and dance? And honestly, mate, it was like it was the worst possible thing it's like I'd said to them, "Do you fancy tongue kissing mum after dinner?" <laughs> like, that, like... <laughs> <That's funny. laughs> like like that's fucking like, honestly, the, the the way they looked at me, and then I sort of like doubled down on it. I went, "God, boy, smack it on the dance floor," and then Theo went to me. Can you keep it down, please? <laughs> oh, wow. Wowzers. He was, he was so embarrassed. It's, it was so mad, man. Like, I can't explain it to you, man. The feeling of your children being embarrassed of you, it's yeah. so rank. Yeah.
0: It Do you know really? who I feel sorry for? Sorry for? I know, obviously, my heart goes out to you, Lisa, but it's pretty little Alex. Because <laughs> actually, he's probably thinking, actually, I would, I would like to dance. Because he's, like, what, two years younger than three, Theo? Really? Yeah. So... Those two years apart, he's... Dancing for him still cool, but he's trying to keep up with his do you know brothers. what?
1: Fair play to him. He actually went out eventually. Him and Charlie did do a bit, actually. Yeah, yeah. I think it was like... They were sort of following
0: Theo's lead a bit, do you know what I mean? Because Theo ain't having that now. He's the boss, isn't he? Did, did they do the things when I was away? I noticed a lot of people, a lot of kids and families just sitting on their phones.
1: No, we ban all that. Oh, do you? Like, like, Credit to you, Yeah, like, like, when we're travelling, they, obviously they can be on screens, but, like, I just feel like... Um, to be honest with you, if they got really aggy and it just felt like they were utterly bored, then we probably would let them. But um, I don't know. It's, it's a difficult one, man. I don't, I, don't, um, I don't judge anybody. If I see a family like and they're, all their kids are on their phones, you sort of think to yourself, you know, you, you do find yourself thinking, I, I get it. Do you know what I mean? If that's what you need to do to have a quiet dinner... Then I completely understand because we didn't. They're not allowed on screens. Our boys during dinner, yeah, and and it's fucking hard to keep them engaged. Do you know? What yeah, I mean? yeah. Like they're sitting with their parents. I understand why you get bored and irritated by that sitting with your parents for a
0: meal. But yeah, we don't let them. But it's
1: hard. Sometimes it's hard.
0: Uh, how is because like what I noticed as well when I went away and I like watching people. It's one of my favorite things. Is you notice dads that are like like sort of dads who are obviously work work dads who are out all the time and all of a sudden they're with their families for a week or two um and you can see yeah you know, in that breakfast you hear them like the mum of the family just go you know what? i'm i'm fucking gonna chill and i'm gonna enjoy myself fair play i'm gonna yeah you know. there was one family that the mum looked like she was sort of she'd basically just gone you're gonna look after these two and i'm just gonna fucking this is about me now right and it's sort of that the dads who are trying to sort of show a bit of power in front of their kids, and also in front of their wives, and, and, and lose that was like one of the most toe cringingly bad. There was a dad there who, whose kids clearly had no respect for it. It was heartbreaking to watch, and he'd be like, "Come on, guys, come on, pool time's over. Let's let's get your uh, let's get your clothes on. or yeah, get your towels on. We're, we're going to go up. And the mum would just be reading, and then he'd sort of like two or three times ask them, "We go? We are still looking at our phones?" We still need to get ready and go. Come on, guys. <laughs> and then he did this weird shoulder rolling thing. Like, I don't know whether he was trying to be tough or what. Um, and, you know, he, by the way, his kids, uh, I don't know if he listens to his podcast, but, you know, I'll never see him. His kids were called Josie and Ian, which I thought were quite mm. sort of traditional. Names. Ian? Yeah. Yeah. I thought <laughs> it was quite. Me and Catherine found it. I don't yeah. think I've seen a kid. I don't think I've seen I a know, kid called Ian. No. Maybe he will come. Maybe it's coming back. Um, but he'd be like, come on, Josie, Ian, come on. Let's not look at those. Let's, let's start to get ready. And then he, he'd look towards the the mum for help after about 15, 20 minutes. And she was just like, no, nah, I've left. I'm, I'm I'm fucking, this is me. This is about me. Like reading a book. And he'd look like a whimpering, like, you know, like when you sort of see like someone in an action film and they haven't got the metal to take on the bad guys and they're looking for The Rock or they're looking for fucking Mark Wahlberg to come and save them. That's what he was like. And in the end, she just goes, Josie, Ian, yeah. Put your, put your clothes on. And then they just put down their phones, start putting their clothes. It was so oh my God. sad to watch.
1: Well, do you know what? You do remind me of something I did yesterday, which was uh, arguably more pathetic than that, which was we were sat on the sunbeds by the pool yesterday. And um, one of the kids was just sat out in the sun, like properly out in the sun. And I could, t- you know, I could tell that we were going to have a nightmare him that evening because he's going to be all exhausted and like overheated or whatever. So I said to him, mate move over like i said i put a sunbed over here in the shade go and sit over there and he goes i don't want to i don't want to i'm all right here dad and he and he wasn't all right there he was too hot but he just didn't he couldn't be asked to move i get that i get that right but i said to him look mate just move over there you'll feel better for it he's like no 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 do you know what i ended up doing what gosh i ended up basically grassing him up to lisa it's it's so tragic god Oh, my I was like, God. Honestly, I said the words later. I'm telling him to move over to that Oh, shop. my <laughs>
0: life. You're like the prison rat now in that villa. <laughs>
1: <laughs> no, yeah, honestly, the, the rest, rest of last night and this morning, he's been walking past me going, little snip. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. There'll be razor blades in your cornflakes. Oh, uh, it's so bad. He's That's like so literally telling the other two. It's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. You yeah, know, Dad's a rat that's what a dancing thing he probably wanted to dance
1: okay. yeah oh, no, I no,
0: know bad of me so I'm just picturing it's Theo but it could have been the other, it the other walking into the kitchen
1: and seeing him fucking melting some sugar into, <laughs> into the kettle where's my toothbrush
0: <laughs> prison shank <laughs>
1: Okay, should we do some emails, my yeah, G? Is Lisa still doing the emails on She is, yeah, of oh course she God. is. Yeah. That woman is a you know saint. She is. Um, okay. This first paragraph, let me just get your take on this. This first paragraph is very nice about us. Yeah. It's very sweet, but it's gonna be quite embarrassing to hear. Just okay, so you okay, know, okay. I've just literally skimmed it. you ready? Yeah. Um, okay. Can I just start by saying thank you? I always thought you were lovely, funny guys, but listening to this podcast, your kindness and humility and love for those around you just shines out. Whenever I read that, I always think that's sort of obviously more directed at
0: Tom because you do do that kind of sweet, sweet. sweet, Listen, my sweet, sweet stuff. I think, yeah, we we ride on this this bike of justice together. Yeah. Oh
1: god, you imagine us on a tandem of justice? So embarrassing. (laughs) Just looking
0: at my sweaty bald ass crack.
1: Just wow, without the hair, the sweat just really sort of waterfalls off those cheeks, doesn't it? <laughs> Jesus. Anyway, she says, I hope you know how much you mean to people. That's very nice. Thank you so much. Anyway, my question is this. I've been working in quite a decent job for a number of years. Not amazing money or anything, but the job title makes it sound quite prestigious. And my elderly dad has loved telling his friends what his daughter does for a living. The thing is, the job is ending. And the only one I've been able to find, the only way I've been able to f- fine to keep some money coming in is a minimum wage call center role this doesn't bother me but i know my dad would be devastated as status is a big thing to him and with him being in his 90s and in poor health my question is should i just keep quiet and not let on that i've had to change roles or should i tell him even though i know it would upset him i've only a few years until retirement so i don't know whether it's i don't know if it's worth making him unhappy by letting him know thank you for the advice and thank you lisa for having to read all of these um this is a tricky one isn't it that's
0: a very hard it's a humdinger as we say in the question and answers uh auditorium that we you know working uh that is a humdinger uh you know what There's, uh, I'm genuinely I am like severed in two on this one uh, wow uh, there's a part of me that thinks keep on keep on making him believe that you're doing this this job uh that makes uh him proud of you and you know but then actually the, the biggest part of me thinks that he's proud of you anyway you know, you've you've you're near to retirement. You've you've worked tirelessly all your life. Uh, it's not like you've lost a job; the role's finishing. Um, and I think I think the fact of the matter is that yes, um, you know, uh, prestige and and uh, sort of having a role that you've had is is important to your father and and everything. But I actually think the most important thing is that you know. You're an honest and true and a good person, and I think that he he respect that. And I don't think I I think that I think the truth of things is in I think the um the truth of the truth is is how you handle something like this. I think going to him and going, Oh, oh you know what? Oh, yeah, I've I've had to you know they've they've cancelled my role and not doing any more. I've got to work in a minimum wage job. I think you know if you make it sound really down and, and low he's he's i think that the, the thing is he's going to feel that you're upset and that'll make him upset and that'll make him down whereas you just say you know what the thing i've been doing and i've loved and we've both loved is coming to an end now and uh you know that that journey is over and you haven't got to say what you're doing you haven't got to say you're getting paid minimum wage so you know i found something else that's gonna you know keep tied me over until i retire i think it's all the way that you sort of push that description but i don't think i don't think you should underestimate the you know, the pride in your dad, you know, in, in you know, so sorry, Terry's in ill health, but I think the pride that your dad has in you, I think will will continue because you sound to me like you're a pretty amazing person. And kudos for that.
1: Yes. Uh I agree with everything that Tom said. Great advice there, Tom. First of all, can I say anonymous? I know that Tom Tom says this a lot, but it, it is you should be proud of the fact that and I don't want to patronise you, but the fact that you've even like, you know, that your job's come to an end and then you've stepped up and taken this job on that, you know, I I don't know how much you enjoy it, you haven't said, but like it's hard. It's hard to make choices like that. And um it's difficult when you're not, you know, when the opportunities that you really want aren't there and say so you find that you kind of have to compromise on what you really want to do in order to make ends meet. It's a real it's a it's a really tough thing to do. So credit to you for doing that. Um and you know, I don't know what your relationship's like with your dad. I suspect, listen, if, if, if it was one of my kids telling me that the job that they really liked had come to an end and they were taking off a minimum wage job in order to make ends meet, I'd be so proud of them for stepping up and doing that. you know. And, and I'd have confidence that either they'd go on to find something they really wanted to do later on, or if they were happy doing that, if they're, if they're close to retirement and they just want to do that until they retire, then that's fair enough as well. I think the one thing that all parents want for their kids is to be happy. And when parents put pressure on you to do this thing or that thing, even though that it feels awful at the time, the only reason they're doing that is because they think that's, what's going to make you happy. And sometimes they don't get that right, you know? And so listen, my, I always think being honest is, is is the best policy. And like Tom says, it's the framing of that, that, Um, is the key to this. If you say to your dad, you know, this thing has come to an end and I'm doing this and I'm I'm enjoying it and it's a great way to to pay the bills and stuff and I don't really have to think about it too much. I can turn up the second I leave work. I can think about other stuff. I don't have to worry about it. Zero stress, all of that. You know, he'll be delighted, um, I think. So um, look, good luck with it. Uh, I hope the situation's not getting you down because there's no reason it should be. You're, d- you're doing great. So well done. Um, I wish I hadn't sounded quite as patronising as I did, but I do mean it.
0: Man, sometimes you, you're, you're, yeah, I love it when you're like that. And you know what? I'll, I think the listeners need to know that as soon as you finish that bit, you looked off into the middle distance.
1: <laughs> okay, next email. I felt sort of sort of slightly embarrassed myself with the earnestness of it. I think imp- the advice. most embarrassing okay. thing was,
0: you know, about, like tittle tattling on your son. I think that's the thing that.
1: Yeah, that's true. That doesn't, it doesn't get lower than that. Yeah, actually. yeah. Um, okay, this is very exciting for you what? in particular. Hello to the wolf, owl, swan, and cat. Wow, the cat as well.
0: Flying in on the cat. Yo, yeah. oh.
1: that's not the exciting bit. Don't worry. I knew you were going to get you think. Oh my god, is it? Am I supposed to be excited about the fact that yeah. he shouted at my wife? Um, I'm 24. My name is Jack Scheiman, a.k.a. The Shark, all the way from Perth, Western w- what? Australia. Wow, sis.
0: Yeah, boy. My Yeah, guy. boy. Oh, mate. Yo. Shout out Perth. I hope you're safe in these, these trying times. Um,
1: I love the pod and have been binge-listening on-site while at work in Darwin, which is the capital of the Northern Territory. It's helped me a lot after a recent breakup from a serious relationship that fell apart when my partner moved interstate. You guys are sweet, sweet souls, and it's refreshing to hear two blokes be so and down to earth. We need more guys like you. Well, ideally not, because it would sort of erode our USP on this podcast. <laughs> I've always loved English culture and found that I always get on best with English people. My grandfather's from Newcastle, my dad is Swedish, so I've grown up playing football and continue to play locally in Perth. Brackets Gunners fan. Wow. Like you, you Rob. Big love. Same as you, Rob. Going? Yes, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, you might. Yeah, like me, <laughs> which is not the common option compared to our Aussie rules version. I can picture myself living in England post lockdown. I'm just interested in where you guys think would. be Oh, this is quite difficult actually. Uh, and I'm just interested in where you guys think would be a good place to settle. Also, could you give an insight into how Austra- us Australian folks are generally perceived over in the UK? I know a few bad eggs have given us a bad rep over there, but I hope we're generally welcomed warmly. Cheers, guys. Keep up the amazing work. Big love, Jay Shy, the Shark.
0: Wow, Jay Shy, my guy. My guy. Uh, firstly, Jay, uh, congratulations on your your roots and your, your family tree. Swedish, uh, English, very strong, 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 strong boy. Um, and also in your footballing career. Uh, as far as I'm concerned, I think Australians are loved over here, no? I, I've, um, if I hear, if I, look, I'm going to put it this way, I'm going to throw it out. If I go to a soiree or a dinner party or some kind of, you know, say it's someone's 50th or whatever. Uh, I turn up, I hear an Australian accent. I know that I've got a friend there. Oh, God. I know that there's someone there who I can, I can. you know. It's one of my lifetime ambitions to go to Australia. I've never told anyone that. I'm actually, maybe I've said it on the podcast before. But uh, it is one of my lifetime dreams to go to Australia. I seriously think, right. sit, kick back sometimes and just think, wow, man, what would I even help? My mind would be blown. Uh, so, you know. Jay Shy, man, it's like like a kindred spirit. You know, both of us could meet halfway, I know we're halfway between Australia and England. Yeah, it's
1: a great idea. You You, want to go to Australia, he wants to go to England. Why don't you meet in between so neither of you are happy? (laughs) (laughs) Just you two having a fucking awful time in Singapore.
0: (laughs) But listen, my man, um, firstly, don't make any rash decisions before moving. I've done that uh, before and... uh, on a breakup of a relationship and uh, massively regretted it because I didn't think it through. Uh, but you know, if you have still got family in Newcastle or you've still got family over here anywhere, there's always a chance that you could come over here, stay with them for a while instead of making it like a massive life changing thing of like, oh, I'm going to move lock stock and two smoking barrels over here. Um, come and see if you like it, spend a bit of time there, uh, over here. Um, where would I sell? I think, yeah, you know, I think Australia, you, you, I've been to Wales and met Australians. I've been to Newcastle, Manchester, Liverpool, Birmingham. Yeah. There's a good Australian scene everywhere. Obviously in London is a big one. Um, but as far as I, I know, like, you know, and this is, I can only speak for big TD, but, uh, you know, I always think Australians are like a friend that you've, yeah, you know, you've, you've never met like when you meet an Australian. So shout out to everyone Australian, uh,
1: Shout out to everyone Australian. Yeah, yeah. All the all the good yeah. Australians.
0: You know. Yeah. But um right, okay. and, and and obviously, Jay Shaw, if you do make it over to this this humble green land that we call England, uh there's a the cold brewski waiting. Uh from me and Ron. Uh we'll sit down and we'll yeah, you know, t- talk to you about whatever and stuff. So you know where we're at, baby. Jay Shaw, once again, let me reiterate, you know
1: that doesn't come from me. No, listen. Um have Australians got a good rep over here? We, listen, the, the British have had, uh, we've had uh, quite a long-standing love, love-hate relationship with the Australians. We've, we, we're, we're rivals in sport, uh, of which, uh, let's be honest, you guys are pretty good. Um, and all, but, but we've got a love affair with your soaps. We love yeah. your long-running soaps. It's just something about, and your
0: pop stars.
1: And also Harry Kuehl. Yeah, there you go. Manager of Crawley, t- Crawley yeah, Town for a short yeah. time, and also a football
0: uh, player, and very humble man. So shout out Harry Kill. Yeah, so there
1: you go. Yeah, so Harry Kill's done a lot of good for you in the UK. I don't want to give you the wrong impression. That's not the route. but anyway. Uh, so I do listen. I do think Australians are welcome. Is it, I'm about to say something hugely general here, which could get me into trouble. If you were, if you were moving over to the to the, to England, and you wanted to get a warm reception, you wanted to like make friends. It's fair to say that you'd be better off moving north
0: rather than south, isn't it? Well, I mean, if I was going to if I was from maybe Australia or Denmark or I don't know Russia or whatever and I was going to I would probably I'd look at Newcastle as a place to go.
1: Yeah, I think like I think I don't know, man. I know London's amazing, but in terms of like making friends yeah. as a newcomer to the city. I don't know how that would go, man. I'd say really that Newcastle that
0: is Newcastle is the the kindest place that you could—I go. I, I shout out Newcastle. Okay. I, okay, okay.
1: This is the the things that you say. So, on, <laughs> let, let, so Newcastle is the kindest... Is it, what you about saying? The kindest place you can imagine.
0: <laughs> no, it's look. It's not a fairy tale land, but there's an element of Newcastle when you go there, right? I think the people really they care about their city. They care. Well, we've lost that in London. Like I'm a Londoner, but you know, i I don't think London has that same vibe of making sure. The people are welcome making sure I think Liverpool has it. Uh I yeah, you know, I don't think Manchester, maybe Birmingham have it as much. I think Liverpool very proud of their city. I think they, they care about their city. They care about what people think about it. Newcastle more than anywhere though. They I think New, the Geordies are like, this is our city, and we're proud. we you know, we'll roll out the red carpet for people. We'll make sure that people when they leave Newcastle, go, you know what, I thoroughly enjoyed that. Yeah, they haven't got the weather of like, you know, Mykonos or the, you know, the sweet fucking Fresh fruit of the Algarve, but they have something ever more dear, and that is a kind of spirit that you you know that is resilient.
1: Oh, god, it's just so lovely to hear you go off like that. 90% of what you said is bullshit, (laughs) but it's just the way you deliver it is so
0: beautiful. I love it. Also, actually, Joshua, if you didn't know, there's also a Newcastle in Australia, so you could go there and see what it's like as a test.
1: Mm, There you go, Joshua. There you go, Joshua. if, If you want an example of English arrogance. That is somebody English telling you something about your own country that they believe you don't know.
0: I think it could be in New Zealand, actually. Oh God, uh, I can't be bothered to Google it. Look it up. Do you want to look? You can't be bothered to Google it. <laughs> I'm sure it is in Australia. Let me just look.
1: Really. Um, look, we we might be being unfair because obviously uh, uh, Cornwall's quite friendly, isn't it? And that's not uh, Cornwall.
0: Yeah, I mean, yeah. I, I just think Newcastle. Yeah. Let me just look.
1: Okay, you've got a big, you've got a big fucking hard-on for Newcastle today. I don't know why. Is it because... Yes, Newcastle say- is.
0: So it's in New South okay. Wales. It's got some nice beaches. Uh, oh, Nobby's Beach and Mereweather Beach. Oh, and uh, there's actually a place called the Bogey Hole there. <laughs> um, uh, and Fort Scratchy. So, yeah, sounds like a really fun fun place to go. So let us know yeah. if you ever get over there or if they ever anyone that no we're, sort of...
1: we're not recommending he goes are we no, no 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 he wants to move we, he wants to. i mean this is pretty tenuous he wants to move <laughs> to the uk so we said newcastle might be nice and then we said why don't you try going to newcastle in australia <laughs>
0: <laughs> I mean, just so he gets i don't know if it's the same maybe they because i imagine the people who set up newcastle and australia for newcastle and England. And basically yeah. got there and said, oh, let's just, look, we've got a pretty amazing yeah. city back home, so let's try and make something similar over here. Yeah, I, I,
1: guess, I guess what we're asking, Jay Shah, I know this hasn't been helpful to you, but <laughs> if, can somebody tell us if there is a bogey hole in the Newcastle in England? Yeah. We'd love to hear about it. <laughs> uh, but listen, Jay Shah, good luck. Keep in touch. Lovely to hear from you. And us. let us know if you and ever make you. it to these sweet shores. Yeah, please do, because t- Tom will happily meet up with you. Imagine just quickly if Jay Shah moved to
0: Newcastle and became like the mayor of Newcastle. Yeah. Are you pitching? Is this your second sitcom you're pitching? <laughs> With Guy Pearce playing the mayor, <laughs> <With> Jason Donovan.
1: <laughs> um, okay. Hello to the Wolf and Swan. Let me start by saying I'm a massive fan of you. I enjoyed your stand up in person. I love your shows. I've loved every episode of the podcast. In amongst the humorous chat, interesting stories and invaluable advice, you often mention how you've died on your ass at plenty of gigs. Can you tell us listeners what it's actually like to die on your ass? The emotions you go through, I can see why well, the swan picked this out, fucking arsehole. The emotions you go through during that experience and how you deal with the mental struggles that must result in. Everything I've seen and heard from you both has been stitches. So how do things end up going wrong? Of course, I'd love to have a pint with you, sweet, sweet cells, even though Tom thinks I'm a Wonderland human being before we've even met. Oh, look at that. Got your card, marked. Wow, well, yeah.
0: Uh, thanks ben yo ben um so dying on your ass is yeah it is it's awful isn't it? even you know we every time we talk about i'll say i just think about the worst deaths but uh i think the fact is it's it's like anything isn't it it's the confidence you have in certain things you're going to say and do things not quite going to you know like i think the thing that people don't see behind the scenes of something even like king gary or yeah uh, you know romish, when he's doing like stand up or whatever is is the work that goes into like we don't do one draft of King Gary and that's it we've we've written a script we'll probably do about yeah, anywhere between fifteen and twenty five drafts of something you know to fine tune stuff and it's always a change in work to make sure it, it it gets better and better and that was the same with with everything you do so you sort of constantly change it i think like when a you know, bit of advice romish said to me, you kind of have to die you have you have to do stuff that you have to take risks that aren't going to work to find stuff that is yeah, you know, it's the stuff that makes things different and makes things unique. Uh, but yeah, as to how it makes you feel, it it is absolutely crushed. It makes you feel alone. It makes you feel pathetic. It it makes you th- feel absolutely. It, yeah, but it was an int- It's an interesting thing talking about this because I was when I was away, I was read. I read read quite a lot, and uh, I was reading about. I, re- I read quite a lot. I played. Quite a lot of golf and, and uh, I was reading and listening to Zen, like Zen golf and and how to apply the thoughts of Buddhism to um, not just your your golf game but your everyday life and and the fact that your embarrassment is always so, so wrapped up in your own you know, your own mind your own thoughts your own that like you could die in your ass, and, and the, the truth you feel absolutely, you feel like everyone in the room. Is looking at you going, that guy's a fucking loser. That guy's an absolute fuck. He's a terrible fucker. He's awful at what he fucking does. He shouldn't do this fucking thing. Actually, the truth of it, it doesn't really matter that much to them. They don't ha- harbor that hate towards you. They don't have that fucking, you know, the magnifying way that you arrogantly think that everyone in that room cares purposely. What they're probably doing is watching the next person who's just walked on stage and smashed it, and you're just a fucking... Uh, you know you're not nothing but just something that just occurred as a flack flicker point in a day that has been 24 hours or 18 hours right but for you that's magnified and, and the truth is and, and yeah I I, don't, I I could never say that that's never i'm going to be able to take this that bit of advice that i've just said and move forward with but that is it's i find that quite an interesting way of looking at the world now mm.
1: I, I think um i think there's two types of death on stage um one of the things that people don't realise about stand-up is that sometimes you turn up to a gig, and it's, it tends to happen with corporate gigs more than any other, but you turn up to a gig, and the audience are miles away, it's not, the sound's a bit funny, it's not lit properly, and people sort of think you can do stand-up comedy in any sort of circumstance. The truth is, it's actually quite a fragile thing. In order to make stand-up work in a room, um, like people have to be seated close enough to the stage... They all have to be in clear view of the stage. The acoustics have to be good. There's loads of different things. And sometimes those things aren't in place. And you can just die without it being your fault. You, you, you can. So, you know, you, you can do more or less to try and save yourself. But there's some gigs that are unplayable and, and it's, it's fucking humiliating. You know, you know I, I've, do, I've done a load of gigs like that and you just have to sort of take it on the chin. There's other gigs that you die at because you fucked up because you've done something wrong or it tend to happen to me really early on where I was playing the gig wrongly for the room. Um, I wasn't reading the audience properly or whatever. And and those, you don't realise it at the time, but actually those are savable gigs, but they're not savable for, the for the level of skill that you've got at that time. And then there's other types of gigs, which are the kind of ones I've talked to Tom about where you're trying out new stuff and you're taking risks and sometimes you just die on your ass and you have to. You have to. It's like going to the gym. It's like w- when I when I start out writing a new tour show, I'll go to a gig with a brand new 10 minutes and I could write a really, you know, you write this 10 minutes and you try that 10 minutes and you've got a choice. When you, I've had it not, loads of times. I've gone to a new material gig and I'm aware that I'm waffling a bit, but it's just, it's quite a long, it's quite a complicated um, phenomenon dying your ass. But I've been at a new material gig and... I've got this stuff that I've just written that morning and the guy who's gone on before me is absolutely ripping it and you're sitting backstage and you think to yourself, what do I do here? I could either go out and do this new material and probably die or really struggle because I don't really know it and I'm trying to still figure it out or I can do stuff that I know is going to work and have a good gig here and it's always the wrong decision to do the stuff that you know is going to work. You, you have to just go and take it on the chin because otherwise you're going to regret it. I you know, I I, I sometimes think to myself, even when I've like had a really tough gig, trying out new stuff, I always think to myself, well, I've, I've left Lisa and the kids for the evening to come and do this gig. What am I going to do with that time? Am I going to just like do the same stuff that I know works and, and have a little ego stroke, or I'm actually going to try and push it. And so it's always the right option to do that.
0: Um, Do you know that, I Go just on. thought as you're talking there, the best bit of, uh, best bit of advice I've ever been given, let failure be your teacher, not your undertaker.
1: I feel like I've heard you say that. I feel like I've heard you say that before. Oh. Are
0: you nodding because you know you've said that to me? No, too? no, no, I don't think I've ever said it. I've, I've, I have that as, I'm thinking of getting that tattooed. I think it's okay. very, where would you have that?
1: Uh, just on so... your nearly shaved ass crack.
0: <laughs> Real much just above my hip. Oh, I'd like that. I think it'd be good.
1: Yeah. Um, But in answer to your question, look, uh, the truth is you just, you know, I've tried to, I've tried to, uh, science it, but you just die on your ass. You can just die on your ass. There's a number of different reasons. And in answer to your question, how does it feel? It feels horrible and awful every single time it happens and it doesn't get any easier and it's rank. Uh, and if it does start to get easier and you start to get all right with that, it's time to stop doing comedy. Wow. Well, and
0: um, true say that, no, true say that baby, true say that.
1: Okay, Tom. Okay. It's time for you to... I feel like I haven't heard one of these
0: in a long, long time. Because like I haven't uh, done one. I'm, I'm some... hoping I've still got some... I'm, still, I'm hoping there's gunpowders. Still, still. Some juice in the tank. Right? I'm hoping, yeah, yeah. I'm hoping there's some some, some leather Tom, for the road. Over to you. There was a small boy and his mummy was going to the shop and she turns around to him and says, what do you want when I'm at the shop? And he says, um, just please just get me a lion a chocolate lime bar please and uh so his mom goes to the shops and he sits waiting for this lime bar excited to to unwrap it and, and take a bite um anyway his mum gets home and she says uh oh there wasn't any lime bars at the uh at the shop today so uh i had i just got you a boost and he said a boost ah oh, like i've yeah I've, it, I've i don't want a boost i don't like boost and she said you've never tried a boost and he says no 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 it's not a lime bar um i don't want it i don't want it so she puts the boost in a cupboard fast forward two three weeks his little friend uh Amelia is coming over uh so she comes over and she's like you know they're playing in the garden they're doing all sort of you know, messing around whatever slip and slides and you know it's quite a nice day um and Amelia goes oh i'm starving hungry uh you know i you know have you got any snacks And uh, the little boy's mum turns around and says, uh, "Oh, um, there's a boost in the cupboard uh, that um, that Taylor didn't want to have." And uh, so the little girl goes, "Oh my god, I love boosts! They're my favourite bar in the world. They're they're my favourite thing. I love them so so much." And the mum says, "Oh, you you can have you can have it if you want Amelia." So uh, Amelia's like the mum starts to bring the boost, and then Taylor steps forward and says, "No." I want the boost and he takes the chocolate bar and he eats it and it's delicious and he enjoys every bite. Uh, and Amelia just stands her watching and she goes home in the end because she's quite hungry and sort of basically her mum's got a cupboard full of boosts. The point of the story is try new things. Don't be confined by a Lion Bar when there is a world of other chocolate bars out there. Open your eyes and your taste buds and your minds. Don't be forced into just believing there's only one chocolate bar for one human being. The world is rich. Enjoy its harvest. Wow. That's um yeah, really good one. Yeah. Really, Enjoy really that good one? one. Yeah. Yeah. I feel bad now because Taylor's one of I have actually got a really good friend really close friends of mine. I have a son called Taylor, who's a really sweet boy, who's actually one of the nicest <laughs> kids, but I don't know that, you know. I, I feel yeah. now that, yeah, Taylor's... Well, you've needlessly need brought him into a story that didn't need to... Yeah, but I should shout out. He actually is well. he listens to his podcast. So should, there's no reflection on t- the actual Taylor. The I kid know. does? Yeah, he really enjoys his podcast. Yeah, He's not the a kid, kid he's, he's 14. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. So I should say that Taylor's... The, the character wasn't based on you. Uh, big shout out, Taylor. Uh, good luck in your new football career. Um, and uh, yeah, hope to see you soon, mate. Um, cool. So
1: yeah. Well, it's good to be able to do this for you while you're incapable of sending text messages or calling people directly (laughs) um okay tom it's been an absolute pleasure so guys once again we're doing one of these a week for the next few weeks um we are still (laughs) we are still putting together live dates so that's not gone away but it's just um for whatever reasons work things and stuff like that we've had to push it back a little bit but it's still happening we will let you know as soon as it does uh take care of yourselves guys
0: we love you very very much remember Structure is peace, and peace is everything. OK, great. <laughs> Bye-bye. Hi Bye, guys.
1: If you have a problem, opinion, feedback or anything at all, please email us at Wolfalpod at gmail.com. That's WolfalPod at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you, mainly because we don't have any content ideas. Thank you.